Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Today's date is Monday, the 24th, 2017. I'm your host today, Brother Kapow, Paul. And I just want to give a quick Enoch review. I feel it's important today to do that. That we understand the days in which we live, that we can comprehend really just how close we are to the precipice and whether or not Jesus Christ returns in a month, in a year or in five years or 10 matters little. When you look at the situation that we're in and when you see society around you and the culture that surrounds us. You can't help but know firmly that we are in collapse. It's falling apart. This society globally cannot sustain itself in the direction that it is going. Not for much longer. Not for much longer. Most people who are aware of their surroundings, Christian and non-Christian alike, liberal and conservative alike, know and sense something is very, very wrong today. More wrong than it's ever been. More wrong than it ever will be. We are at the edge. And so when I get done talking a little bit, I'm going to play a clip. And it's going to review Enoch, the basics of Enoch. It's only 13 minutes. And I took this from a YouTube channel, Woodward TV, W-O-O-D-W-A-R-D-TV on YouTube. It's 13 minutes long, and it's entitled, What You Need to Know About the Book of Enoch and the Age of the Fallen. And this gentleman presents such a concise, clear message that we need to hear today. And he does it in 13 minutes that I thought I have to reiterate this. I have to play this for our audience. There's no sense in me reinventing the will. He's already done it. And it just goes to remind us where we're at because it's so easy to be distracted by so many things, Christian and non-Christian alike. So many things can distract us. And I don't mean just daily living, doing grocery or picking up the kids, working, mowing the lawn. I don't mean those distractions. I mean doctrines and philosophies, thought processes, technology, games, music, entertainment, so much 
can distract us within the church. We all know this. And also without the church. That we need to review. We need to keep in mind exactly where we are at. Because the call of action today is to really take heed. Really get your bus ticket and just stay at the bus stop. I am so serious. The troubled times we live. It is like cartoon characters. I look around and society is like a caricature of itself. It's not real. To me, it reminds me of, of a cartoon. It reminds me of Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. In this cartoon, Wiley Coyote, he's blowing up bridges and he's blowing up rock fortresses and he's blowing up houses and cars and roads and he's 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 doing everything in his power to catch this road runner regardless of the harm that it causes anybody else but it's a cartoon and so in this cartoon nobody's hurt there is nobody else but if wiley coyote really existed in a reality and behaved that way for his own myopic goal of killing this roadrunner and destroying lives all around him. That would be a pretty scary thing. But that's where we, where we are at. We're in this cartoon reality. It's like a cartoon. It's, it's like Toontown. I'm reading the news daily, and it's just like Toontown. It's like this is not real. Human beings do not behave this way. Not so many of them. Not so consistently. Not every day, every hour do they behave this way. It's like a cartoon. There is no love. There's no concern for others. It's like they're psychopaths. Everybody's a social or psychopath. And they're narcissistic. The whole world revolves around them. It's a scary, scary place. I can't imagine being a young person having to deal with a world like this. You know, a couple of days ago, I had a dream. It's just a dream, but I had a dream. And I was viewing this scene. I wasn't part of it in any way. I was just viewing it. I was there in spirit, so to speak. And what I saw was a steep hill that ended in about three or four feet of water, like a, a water puddle, mud, uh, muddy water. And I saw a motorcycle. It was a dirt bike. And this guy had drove his bike, rode his bike down this hill, hit the water, spun around a little bit. And then he was coming back up this hill full thr throttle. And I was watching him and I knew he wasn't going to make it because this hill was steep. And I knew he was going to run out of gas probably about 15 to 10 feet before the top. And that scene ended. And then I saw another man 
And he did the same thing, but this time he was on a big, huge Harley Davidson. A big, huge Ultra Glide. One of those big bikes. About a 700-pound bike or more. And he goes down the hill and he hits this water. And he starts spinning around in the water. And he loses control of the bike. He can't get back up the hill. And what happens is as he's standing in the water with this bike, it tips. And as it tips, it catches his left leg. And he goes down with the bike and he goes under the water. And he can't free himself because he's in the mud and in the sand and he's underwater and he's got about 750 pounds of motorcycle on his leg. And in this dream, I see a female. I'm like standing right at the side of her face. And in the, in the dream, I knew this female was this man's wife. And she's screaming at the top of her lungs, just screaming uh, because she's seeing him drown. Yet she does nothing to run down the hill and try to save him. She's so panicked. She's just in panic. And that's what I got from watching her, that she was in such panic and she was so ill-prepared and so ill-trained for any type of real emergency that she was worthless when it happened. When a real emergency came her way, she was worthless. All she could do was scream and be annoying. She couldn't help. She had no training. She never thought of it before. She didn't think it could happen. Yet it did. But then I saw another character. I saw a gentleman to the right of the screaming woman. And he was a young, able-bodied man, probably in his 30s or 40s. Young and able-bodied. And I couldn't believe what I saw because instead of him rushing down the hill to help this guy drowning in this pool of water, he was recording it on his iPad. He was recording this man's death in the water on an iPad. And I thought to myself, my God, it's more important for this guy to have this on video on his iPad than it is to rush down and save the life of this drowning man. And that was all to the dream. But when I woke up, it gave me a very sick feeling. I was very sick inside because of seeing this. And that day, as I'm driving, I'm listening to AM talk radio. And I hear the DJ talking about a news story. And this DJ is so disgusted. He's calling these teenagers animals and Everything he could possibly say legally on the radio and the story. And I don't know where it happened or where it was at, but the story goes like this, that a 30 year old man was drowning in, in, a, in a river, in a body of water. And five teenagers stood on the embankment and watched him drown and recorded it just like my dream. But it was real life. They recorded it. But not only did they record it, they taunted the man, they cursed him, they mocked him, and on the video, you can 
hear him cry for help and tell him, I need help, I need help. And he was drowning. And as he went under the water, they laughed and mocked. Five teenagers. And the DJ telling the story was so disgusted. And when I heard the story, it brought back that memory of that dream and that same sick feeling. It's a sick world. This is the kind of stuff that would happen in a cartoon. It's a caricature of itself. It's not real anymore. People aren't real. They're so demonically possessed and controlled. I mean demon-possessed. I don't mean demon-influenced like every person is. I mean possessed. Their bodies, their minds are controlled by demonic spirits. The evil is so thick. It's all around. It's evil. And at any time... At any time you're walking about, any time you're out and about, you never know when you're going to run into one of these zombies. They're not, they're not normal. It's the new normal. And then today, I read an article in the paper, and I posted it on our Facebook page, Fifth Hook Media Facebook But it says 18-year-old woman arrested after live-streaming deadly crash near Los Banos, that's California. And she killed her 14-year-old sister in this crash. But she was recording everything. And she says on on the video, I just killed my sister, but I don't care. I know I'm gonna go to jail for life but I'm going to hang tough. This 18-year-old teenager, and it, I watched the video, it's, it's very disturbing, is driving drunk, stoned, drunk, whatever. She's out of her gourd, and she's driving with one hand on the wheel. You can hear like some demonic rap music in the background, and she's videotaping, she's live streaming her drunk driving with one hand as she's driving. And apparently this is very common and this is a very popular thing to do, apparently, among people. So they risk everybody else on the road for their own narcissistic pleasure of recording themselves. That's a cartoon world. That's not a real world. It's a caricature of itself. It's Willie Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. It's Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. And in the cartoon, Elmer Fudd never hurt anybody by trying to blow up Bugs Bunny. But in real life, they do. It's Toontown. And it's going to end. It has to end. It has to end very soon. Or truly no flesh will be alive and truly no faith will be found on earth. If God continues to delay and tarry his return, there will be no one left. No one of faith anymore. Because it's harder and harder to maintain this. It's harder and harder to see this every day with your eyes wide open and you can't blink and you can't go back to sleep and you can't take your blue pill. There's nothing you can do about it and you see it every day and you read it every day and you talk about it and there's nothing you can do. But watch the human race disintegrate into pure demonic hell. 
And this 18-year-old gal, she's riding around and she's listening to rap music. And I'm watching the video and I see her throw the devil sign up as she's rapping with this song. She throws the devil sign up. People throw the devil sign up. In a, they just do it because the devil is in them. That's why all these celebrities do it. The presidents do it. Singers, actors, everybody throws the satanic sign up because the devil's in them. It comes natural. It's a natural sign. And she throws this up and she's singing and rapping. And all of a sudden you see the video go crazy because she loses control of the car and it turns over and it flips and it goes through a, a fence. She, fortunately, she was in a rural area, but she had two teenagers in the back seat. One was her 14-year-old sister who was about to celebrate her quinceanera the next week and a 14-year-old friend, and her sister was thrown out of the car and she died. But do you think this moron, this moron would turn off her phone? No, it kept recording. And you hear her say, I killed my sister. I just killed my sister, but I don't care. I'm going down for life, but I don't care. It's all about her. It's all about her now. I'm going to go to prison for life. I'm going to get in trouble. It's all about me. Narcissistic cartoon society. That's what we live in. So as a reminder, I want to play this clip. It's what you need to know about Enoch, the last days. And it goes from the beginning to the end in 13 minutes. Please take 13 minutes of your time to review it. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. We're at the edge and we're looking down. We're at the edge and we're looking down. It can't last much longer. It shouldn't last much longer. Everything's supported artificially. It has to be unplugged here pretty soon. Let's get ready for it. Spiritually. All right. Good night. And we'll talk to you next week. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrap from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church, yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday, but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com for further information. This is Professor Lamsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses.
So I'll see you in class. So I'm going to tell you a story. Some of you will believe this to be history, and some will believe this to be a fairy tale. How many of you would agree that we currently live in a world filled with immorality? I mean, just overflowing with it. Look at our sexuality, the porn industry, entertainment, the drug industry, the food industry, the technology, the weapons. There are many reasons why some people don't believe in a god, but you see, the main reason is they think they don't need to. Did you know that before man could predict the weather, he prayed for it? He didn't know how it worked. He just knew, for example, that if it rained when he needed it to, it was a blessing. But now that man has the knowledge, now that man has a better understanding of how the weather works, he doesn't need God, right? It's all natural. Is it? Is it really? Now there are many ancient writings and artifacts that have made it into our library of knowledge about the world we live in, and the Bible is one of them. Whether you believe it to be true or not, it is part of our world history, and it is very significant. And along with that, there is a book that may help to fill in the blanks about who we once were and who we are today, if you bother to look. And that, my friends, is, in the words of Rod Serling, submitted for your perusal. Of Enoch. How many of you have seen a magician or illusionist, and have been in awe at the sight of their illusion? You see, you know it's an illusion. You know it's a trick. But because you do not know how it works, to you it's magic. Oh, there must be some explanation. Yes, there is an explanation. But once it is explained, it is no longer magic. It is science. Isn't that interesting? So here's the story: Enoch, and if you don't know who Enoch was, he was the son of Jared from the seventh generation of Adam. Enoch, or Hanak in Hebrew, was the father of Methuselah and the great grandfather of Noah. He was 65 at the time of Methuselah's birth, and he walked with God for 300 years before God took him. Now Enoch wrote this book sometime after the birth of his grandson Lamech, and before the birth of his great grandson Noah, and it was written for two reasons: one, to save his family from the great flood, and two, because the Watchers instructed him to. The Watchers. You see, no one knows how many angels there are, but there are many, and they all had jobs: managers of the universe. And as the population of human beings begin to increase significantly, several of these angelic beings begin to take notice of something. The men of the earth had daughters, beautiful women, and these angels desired them. They desired children. They communicated to each other plans to take human wives for themselves. And so, according to Enoch, it was Semyaza, the leader of these angels, that said. Listen, I know that you all do not want to do this because of the consequences you will have to face. But I am going to take the responsibility for your actions. And this total of 200 angels swore an oath. They all agreed to a bond, a bond with each other that they could not break. And so they proceeded to take wives, one each. And they did things with these women, sexual things, without discrimination. 
I guess their motto was anything goes. And during all this, these angels taught them charms and spells and the cutting of roots and trees. In other words, they taught them how to perform rituals and get high. And of course, these women got pregnant and bore large giants. And their height was 3,000 cubits. Now, one cubit is typically the length of the forearm from the tip of the middle finger to the bottom of the elbow, which is around a foot and a half. You can do the math. That is taller than the tallest building in Dubai. See, these angels that descended to Earth wanted to control man. They wanted their own kingdoms, which they had and still have today. They wanted to have their own lineage. Understand that their sons, the Nephilim, these things have to eat. And man and all his hard work and efforts could not sustain them. So the giants turned on man in order to devour them. They turned on the animals and did only God knows what to them. They eventually turned against each other. They cannibalized each other. Also during this time, one of the angels that descended, Azazel, began to teach man how to kill. He taught them metalworking, how to make weapons such as swords and daggers. He taught them how to make shields and protective armor. He then taught man how to make jewelry and other ornaments. Folks, do you know what certain metals do to the human body when you wear them, such as copper and gold? Why, it increases the electrical conductivity of the body, making you a better receiver. This unappointed watcher taught them the art of beautification and how to apply makeup. And this was the beginning of the total corruption of man. Some of the other angels taught men how to cast spells. They taught them astrology and the path of the moon. Think about it. Who do you think taught men how to communicate with spirits using rituals? You think men just came up with these rituals on their own expecting them to work? So at this point we have a world that is filled with corruption and bloodshed. So much so that some of the angels that remained in heaven knew that God was aware of this and so they asked him what they should do about it. So God sent an angel to save the son of Lamech and to reveal to Noah the coming of the end. He then instructed Raphael to bind the hands and feet of Azazel and throw him into darkness, covering him with jagged stones in the desert of Dudal, which is believed to be east of Jerusalem, but no one is certain, especially since the world after the flood would be much different. God then sent Michael to inform Semyaza and the others that they would have to stand by and watch their children kill each other off. And once they witnessed the destruction of the Nephilim, these angels were to be imprisoned for 70 generations in the hills of the earth. Then came the great flood. So fast forward to today, the question is, if these accounts of Enoch were true, is there any evidence that exists to support it? You see, a fossil, well, most fossils, are formed when a plant or animal are suddenly buried beneath water, mud, and silt. This is why you don't see fossils that are recent. Are you with me so far? If you've been paying attention, you know that the number of giant skeletons that have been found as of today is in the thousands. Are they all a hoax? 
These discoveries have been going on since the early 1900s and they are not found in just one place, no. They are everywhere. First off, folks, let me tell you something. When I say something is millions of years old, I am only reporting data from the scientists who determine these dates. It does not mean that I agree. I know better. You see, there are various methods to determining the age of a fossil. Unfortunately, the older something is, the less accurate the dating. And these dating methods are based on assumption. They assume uranium-238 has a half-life of about 4.5 billion years, based on a standard that was created back in 1971. Assuming that the uranium-238 to uranium-235 ratio has been constant since the forming of the Earth. The truth is, it varies from rock to rock. How about explaining to me why they find carbon-14 in coal, diamond, and dinosaur bones, when carbon-14 has a half-life of 5,730 years? By the way, they don't just find giant skeletons. They find giant weapons, spearheads, axes, swords, footwear, giant steps. Look at all the megalithic structures around the world, folks. Someone had to lift these things. Look at the giant stone balls they found in Costa Rica, Bosnia, New Zealand, North Dakota. I am inclined to believe that these were actually used as weapons, hurled through the air by giants using a very large catapult or even a handheld slingshot or handheld catapult like the ones you see in this art piece. Some geologists actually want you to believe that some of these spheres are concretions formed naturally over millions of years. Come on, man. You know, I try to give geologists and other scientists a chance, but they always come up with this garbage. Now, if the Nephilim died off in the flood, it does not mean that their spirits, which were half angel, just vanished. What if the spirits of the Nephilim were released into the world to become what we know as evil spirits or demons? We see the rise of giants after the flood. What lineage were they from? Of what lineage were the six-fingered, six-toed, red-haired giants of North America? The Kandahar giant of Afghanistan? Of what lineage are all the polydactyl celebrities and athletes? And I'm talking about people who are quite famous today. The Book of Enoch tells us that the fallen angels were imprisoned in the hills of the earth. Could it be that these imprisoned watchers have something to do with the increase of earthquakes, volcanism, and the sinkholes around the world? Only time will reveal the truth, and I believe that time is upon us. And even if you don't believe in the Bible or Book of Enoch, in this day and age of corruption, it may be a good idea to read through some of these texts just for the sake of morality. Yeah. 